Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? College football's month on the mantle. One month in, September. Rearview Mirror, October. It's a three-part dance, right? September, October, November. And then, you know, your bow that's in December with all the conference championship games. But a month in, what do we know about college football? So we're going to dive into that. Also, Tua's tricky take. Everybody's piling on the NFL, and I get it. It's easy to do so. Here's where the NFL is caught because fans are hypocrites. And, boy, revisionist history, Captain Hindsight, fans all over this stuff. The Tua situation looks bad, but I'm going to tell you why it's trickier than just, and it's not as simple as he shouldn't have played, why it's not that simple. So we're going to look at that as well. Also, how about this? Baseball's bank, regular season winding down. 2022 is going to be known for what? Or haven't we seen it yet? And what the postseason may have in store. Now I'm going to get to my predictions. That's going to be coming next week on the podcast. So there we are. Remember, Harp on Sports, the bar. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports Instagram, at Harp on Sports on Twitter. Also, Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Harp on Sports, the Facebook page. Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel. And of course, HarpOnSports.com. All right. We're a month into the college football season. What do we know? As far as I'm concerned, when you look at teams, you have your upper echelon, your elite, and that's Georgia and Alabama. That's tier one. I think there's a second tier that has, as of right now, a month in, that has Ohio State and then Clemson and Southern Cal. That's where I look at phase two right now, or at least tier two. Bama, Georgia, phase one, Ohio State, Clemson, and USC, I think, is that second tier. And then to me, the third tier is Michigan, Penn State, Kentucky. I, I I think that's where that is right now. I think Kentucky's up there. You know, Tennessee's right there too. That's that third tier. That if somehow, you know, Kentucky and Tennessee are down the road, can Tennessee beat Georgia? Probably not. But th- that's that phase right there. You know, can Arkansas in the West as well, but they're not, they're not quite there. Alabama and Georgia will make sure of that. So that's how I look at college football in terms of teams right now. I know there's other teams out there like the NC States and Minnesota. I'm going to get to them in a second. They're out there kind of like hovering, wanting their respect. They're undefeated. You know, NC State's got a clash with Clemson this weekend right around the corner. So I, they, can, they can grab their respect. NC State can. Minnesota's still got some work to do for theirs later on with Penn State and maybe Wisconsin. So I... <laughs> But that's how it is. To me, it's Georgia, Alabama, Tier 1, Ohio State, Clemson, USC, Tier 2. And then again, like I said, Michigan, Penn State, Kentucky. I think that's your third tier. Tennessee's probably there. I don't know if NC State's there yet. Well, Michigan. Michigan's in that third tier right there as well. So that's what I look at, at least team-wise. I think the first month of the season, you know, I'm going to get to individual achievements here. But what's the first month of the season? Show me. First month of the season shows me, especially in Big Ten land with Nebraska being able to eat money with their new TV contract. You're going to see the Big Ten be able to price some massive coaches away for some big areas. Uh, you're going to see SEC coaches, coordinators pride away into the Big Ten, especially with recruiting ties. What you saw with Scott Frost, look, Arizona State gets rid of Herm Edwards to get a jump start on that too. But what Nebraska did, oh boy, 
And I, I don't know, Georgia Tech, with all the new TV contracts, you, you can't sit around and wait. You can't. It, it's worth getting the money. Okay, let's get them out of here. Boosters pay more. Okay, we get boosters in here now. They're not going to remove their money and our new TV contracts. You're going to see college co- coaches' salaries go higher. You're also going to see situations like Clemson. Let's pay Dabo. Alabama, let's pay Saban. Kirby, let's pay him at Georgia. You're going to see boatloads of money forked out. That's why what you have the Mel Tucker situation. We, we got to fork. We got to fork over money when we can. Is it a good idea? That doesn't look like a good idea now. But you have to pay what you can. That's why Michigan's not getting rid of John, Jim Harbaugh for what? Oh, he can't win the championship. Jim Harbaugh, Michigan's going to be a lot like Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. We got to get the next guy, and then you backfire on that. You end up like Nebraska. So I, I, I think that you're going to see more coaches get canned earlier, especially when these new TV deals are done because they can afford it. And then when you got your guy, you're going to pay him through the roof. I expect if Ohio State could win a national championship, I'd expect Ryan Day to get like a 10-year, $120 million deal. But then again, if they lay a couple eggs here, I can expect Ohio State to go out and try to track down a a, a bigger name if they have any success somewhere. Especially with what, look at the success that Southern Cal's having. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, so look at major programs out there that are having success. A guy like P.J. Fleck at Minnesota may get propped. If P.J. Fleck at Minnesota can win that division, the Big Ten West, and he can sit there like at 11-1 and at the end of the year and have a shot at the Big Ten, then it's a matter of time before somebody pries him away. Where is he going to end up? Would he, Would you leave Minnesota for Nebraska? I, I don't think so. I, I, You know, look at other major programs. None, none of those three are going to pry P.J. Fleck away. If a program gets another coach pried away, would P.J. Fleck leave to go to like Oklahoma State? If Mike Gundy gets pried away to go see, so much is left to be said, but you can start to see those wheels turning. When it comes to the Heisman, we don't have a Heisman frontrunner right now. When's the last time you were a month into the season looking in October? And they're, they're, I would say that it's C.J. Stroud. I mean, C.J. Stroud's on pace for 40, t- 45 touchdowns or 40 touchdowns and what? C.J. Stroud's on pace for like 45 touchdowns and five picks or something like that. that's ridiculous. I, I would say it's CJ Stroud and look Bryce young right there as well. That dude's on pace for 35 or almost 40 touchdowns in the same situation, like maybe 10 picks he's had a little bit more trouble, but instead some Bennett's a guy that's had a good year, you know, yardage passing wise, but what's he only got like six, seven touchdown passes. That's not going to cut it. When C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young could end up with 40-plus touchdown passes, if Stetson Bennett's sitting there with 25, he's just not going to win it. It's a statistical award for quarterbacks. Now, could a defensive guy stick his nose in there this year? Yes, but this is almost like a playmaking thing. If you if you want to be a defensive player and pry it away from a quarterback, you need some big-time highlight reels. Look at, I, I mean, just, just go over there. Look at DeFonta Freeman. Look at Reggie Bush. I mean, you better have some big-time reels to pull it away. It better be like a wow type of thing. Derrick Henry, wow type of thing. And I wrote down a name. I want you to pay attention to this going forward. Pay attention to this. Muhammad Ibrahim. Muhammad Ibrahim from Minnesota. And here's why, okay? He's on pace for about 25 rushing touchdowns. So take a step back when you think about this. You've got a guy that's on pace for close to 2,000 yards in 25 rushing touchdowns. As long as Minnesota stays undefeated, and this dude continues to wrap up 140, 150 yards a game on the ground in two touchdowns, keep an eye on that. Muhammad Ibrahim from Minnesota because there's no big running back numbers right now. Now, once the SEC season kicks into full tilt, the read option, the read option, and quarterbacks keeping the ball and more, those rushing yardage 
numbers are now going to quarterbacks. About four to 500 yards a game, or four to 500 yards a season that running backs did have, the read option has changed the running back culture in, in college football. So it's tough for a running back in college football to be a Heisman candidate. It just is. Look, Christian McCaffrey, those days are over. Derrick Henry, those days may be done. Where a running back just wows you. And Muhammad Ibrahim, the, the way Minnesota's constructed in that weather, in that environment, th- he has a shot to be a 2,000-yard back, 25-touchdown guy. If he can do that at Minnesota and Minnesota can stay in the hunt, he'll be right there. He'll be right there. And remember, this is a region thing, too. It's a region thing. And, and pay Southern Cal, there are always offensive weapons out there. But as far as I can concern right now, we, nobody's talking about the Heisman a lot. Will Levis, Kentucky, he's a guy I'll be in it. Your three SEC quarterbacks, right? Your three SEC quarterbacks. Bennett, although he's going to have to have a game where he has like four or five, he's going to have to have multiple four touchdown pass games to shove him into that equation. Like if Georgia would drill Kentucky and he'd have four or five touchdowns, if Georgia would drill Tennessee and he'd have four or five touchdowns, then he starts to yank some of that away. But he's going to have to end up with 30 over. Stetson Bennett's going to have to have over 30, 35 touchdown passes even to be considered, even if Georgia drills everybody. So right now, to, to me, that. It's still way too early, but C.J. Stroud should be the front runner on this. Should be. Is he? Uh, should be. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, to me, are right there. Then you have Will Levis, Stetson Bennett, Muhammad Ibrahim. Just, just, I'm telling you, if there's going to be a running back that's going to get, at least in the discussion, it's going to be him as of right now, as we hit October. All right. Pivoting from college football into the NFL Two is tricky take. You know, I wanted to let the dust settle on this a little bit. And, you know, I remember a couple years ago in the postseason, was the year the Bucks beat the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes got his bell rung, right? He got a concussion against the Browns. They took him out for the game, but he was back for the AFC Championship game. He was. He was back for the AFC Championship game. And, boy, it's hard to believe that the Browns had the Chiefs on the ropes, right? And Chad Henney threw a, a first down pass. And, and then, look... Then the next week, right, the Chiefs came out and just drilled the Bills in the AFC Championship game. Just drilled them. Chiefs beat the Bills in back-to-back AFC Championship games. They play in the AFC Championship game. Chiefs are going to beat them this year. But the way I look at this, take some stock in this. Because people are furious. How could they let him go back out there like that? Concussion protocol. He should have been in there. We're going to have to reevaluate concussion protocol. The NFL Players Association. Hey, look, you got this is ridiculous. If you're the NFL, you're kind of damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, right? Now, independent doctors are supposed to be looking at these guys. There's one way to solve this. You're not going to like it. Concussion protocol, they should have been monitoring this situation more. Okay. You have independent doctors that are looking at this thing. There's one solution. I've got a solution for it. Once doctors determine you have a concussion, you're out two weeks, no questions asked. There's no such thing as concussion protocol. After two weeks, you can put concussion protocol in. But if you want if you want to solve this to a situation, this is I've got a solution for you. Quarterback gets a concussion. They're out two weeks, no questions asked. Now, where is that going to be a problem? It's going to be a problem in the postseason, isn't it? Can you imagine if Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are in a situation? Let's just use this as an example, right? Let's say the Bills are up 17 at the start of the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs are up 14 at the start of the fourth quarter. The Bills are up 17 on... Pick a team. Whatever, pick one. Bills are up 17 on... The Jaguars. How about that? Give you some Jaguar love. And the Chiefs are up 14 on the Dolphins. And Mahomes and Allen both get concussions. Now they're out for the AFC Championship game. Give the Bills and the Chiefs play each other in the AFC Championship game, and now they're out. 
That'd be a mess, wouldn't it? See, so that th- th- there, there's your solution, right? It's like, oh, he he look at it, look how wobbly he was on the field. And if he was cleared by doctors and he went through the concussion protocol tests, you can run as many tests as you want. The only surefire way that you can come close to eliminating anything like Tua had was a mandatory two week off. You know, when you pop your helmet off in a game and you mandatorily have to sit out the next play, same type of concept. Oh, you got a concussion. You're out two weeks, no questions asked. You, or you, you miss the next game, no questions asked. No questions asked. That way you remove all doubt. Well, is he ready in this short week? Or he gets a concussion on Sunday and he's playing Thursday night football. Or oh, what do we do here? No, you don't do anything. You play Sunday night. Oh, gosh, Sunday, Monday night football. And he's got to turn around and play Sunday. What do we do? Oh, he's a little wobbly here on Wednesday. Still in concussion protocol. Now, you can sit there and talk about should he been taken out? Does the doctor make that call? Does the doctor look at the coach and say, oh, you got to get him out of here? Could you imagine, like... I remember a couple years ago, Justin Fields got drilled against Clemson, right? He stayed in the game with his ribs. I was like, yes. Could you imagine if the next play he got hit and his ribs would have cracked and his bone would have gone into his lung? Ryan Day wouldn't have been forgiven. Are you ready? for? And look, this is why it's not as simple as he shouldn't have played. Are you ready? There's another solution for this. The NFL League Office takes over and they take guys out. The NFL League Office. Bzz, what are you doing? Tua comes out of the game right now. He's look, uh-uh. doctors can evaluate him. But he's got to come out of the game right now. Could you imagine if it was like third down and nine in the fourth quarter and he's sitting there shaking. Oh, it looks like he's got cobwebs. Bzz, the NFL buzzes in, take him out of the game right now. Nope. That's why it's not. Oh, the doctors need to evaluate. Yeah. Look, I, I, I get it. I understand it. But what's your solution? What's the solution to this? I see everybody dogpiling the NFL and I get it, but what's the solution in this situation? Is it just the dolphins guy? Because I see guys go out there all the time dinged up and banged up. Guys shaking their heads after plays. And Tua was one of these things that they threw him in, and he played for a while, right? Tua had a whole quarter under his belt before he got dung. So he shouldn't have played. Before he got dinged, there's ways to solve this. You have an overriding Dr. Czar, or whatever you want to call him, that's in all the NFL game. that's in New York. Bzz. Hey, Tua's banged up. He's got to come out of the game right now. Got, you got to take him out. Hold on. Referees blow the whistle. And could you imagine if you screw that up? He's like, I'm fine. Come on. I'm fine. like a play later. Like what? Do we? we have a doctor on site that does it. And look, things have, and then the NFL is always evolving. That's why it's so great is because it, it's always changing like pylon cams. And then, then we had like a sky cam, like everything's the league office reviews plays. It's always evolving. They'll figure this out. But do you want independent doctors taking players out of games? That's about the only way you can have this done. You have to have somebody in the league office. Someone's like, he's got to come out, coach. Could you imagine in a game, a doctor walking up to Bill Belichick? Hey, you got to take him out of the game right now. I'm worried about his health. Right? That'll be interesting to watch. One to wrap with this. Uh, Major League Baseball, 2022. Rearview mirror. Soon to be. I think the postseason offers great opportunities. Dream World Series is Yankees-Dodgers. Right? Ratings purposes-wise. Yankees-Cardinals would be, you know, right up there. But Yankees-Dodgers would be the ultimate world series. And then I got other ones out there like card. If you remove those two from the equation, the Yankees and the Dodgers, the next ultimate world series would be what Cardinals V guardians. It's more of a Midwest feel, right? Does that do anything for anybody? I can tell you right now, the nightmare one Rays Mariners versus Padres. Take your pick. Rays Mariners, blue Jays pick Rays Mariners or blue Jays. Any of those wild card winners against the Padres. A Padres-Mariners World Series? Try that hat on. A Padres-Rays World Series? Now, look, 
again, full disclosure, my station is a raised station. Great for us. Great for the station if they make it, but not the sport overall. Great for our market if they make it, but not the sport overall. I can take a step back and realize that. And, you know, when you look back on the season, what's it going to be known for? As of right now, it's known for pool hole 700, judge 62, right? If judge gets to 62, what's bigger? Pool holes or judge? Judge creates a better debate. Is this the real record? Pool holes the 700th home run? Those are the two big stories, right? Home run milestones. Then what's it known for? I mean, Justin Verlander had a chance at 20 wins. Is he the Cy Young winner? Don't know. He's the last guy that's got a chance at 300 for a long time. What's he need? 57 wins to get there? Is that what he needs? 57 wins to get there? 50, yeah, I think 57 wins to get there. Justin Verlander turns 40, doesn't he, coming up here next season? Can Justin Verlander, over the age of 40, pick up 57 wins? It'd be 19 wins a year for three years. And even then, at 43, he'd be close. I, right? I, to me, when it's all said and done, if you had to rank things this season, it's Judge 62, pull hole 700. But one thing can knock all this stuff off the back burner. That's if Cleveland wins the World Series. That's kind of that sneaky thing that nobody's talking about. If Cleveland wins the World Series... You talk about major droughts, Red Sox exercise theirs in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. Then the Giants, then the White Sox exercise theirs. The White Sox was just as long as the Red Sox almost, right? Black Sox scandal. So Red Sox, White Sox, and then the Giants exercise theirs. And the Giants was a massive one too. What, 40 years for the Giants, almost 50 years for the Giants. And then the Cubs exercised their 100 year one. The Dodgers finally shook their 30 year mess if look the Mets are right there too the Mets haven't won one in what 36 years but the 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 one that's kind of gotten sneaky here is Cleveland if Cleveland would win the World Series it's what an 80-year drought that that would Cleveland win the World Series would jump Aaron Judge's 62 wouldn't it it jump pulls to 700 by the way Mike Trout at the end of this year will be at 350 home runs he's got 348 right now so Mike Trout this is something else. He's halfway to Pujols. What's amazing is Albert Pujols had over 400 home runs at the age that Mike Trout is. Mike Trout's 31. So in 11 years, Mike in 10 Major League Baseball seasons, Mike Trout's at 350 home runs. Does he hit 350 average for the next 10 years? The problem is Mike Trout hasn't played more than 150 games in almost six years now. Mike Trout hasn't played more than 150 games in almost six years now. He can't stay healthy. So Mike Trout going to get, he's not, he's not, he just, if you, if you're not healthy in your, if you're not healthy in the smack dab middle of your prime, you're not going to be healthy later. Mike Trout would have a shot is what I'm telling you. But Mike Trout would have to have three or four 45, 40 to 45 home run seasons over the age of 32. Is that possible? I think Mike Trout has a good chance to get to 700 if he plays to 42, 43, but he's halfway, halfway to where Pujols is. At the end of next year, with a good year, he'll be halfway to bonds. Something to pay attention to. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. I'm going to my baseball predictions in the next podcast for the postseason. Uh, follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram, Harp on Sports, Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harp on Sports Facebook page, Harp on Sports YouTube channel, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.